0: I like the rant. Ranting is fun, but also makes, cleanses the soul. Uh,
1: Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Sh- surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Sh- surely that can't be the case.
0: One of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious. He is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle.
1: This is the Michigan and Trumbull podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Giaconis. Luke, there's a little uh, throwback to the pandemic vibe uh in our recording setups uh just because you you recorded outside a lot during the pandemic um i'm at my in-laws house recording so just it really a little throwback episode for the people that have been with the show from the beginning
0: well pandemic or no pandemic if i can stay six feet plus away from you it's it's a positive in my mind i as, as anyone who knows that listens to the show, longtime listeners, Alex and I do not like each other. No, uh, we anytime. only record this out of contractual obligation. Uh, so if I can take any precautions to be as far away from Alex Freeman as possible, I will do it, which is why I'm outside right now. Uh, not because it's a beautiful day and it's the start of a weekend. Uh, it's because I'm committing to that bit. But no, outside, beautiful day here. Naples, Florida. The Detroit Tigers are on a three-game winning streak at the time of recording this. Um, Life is good. I saw the new Guardians of the Galaxy last night. Maybe like the best Marvel movie since Endgame. Uh, Lots of good things going on right now. So
1: Endgame by Samuel Beckett. That is a nice joke. That is certainly certainly our audience is like, oh, a Sam Beckett joke.
0: Well, you know, our audience loves Detroit Tigers baseball and Sam Beckett. So that's pretty much, forget Josh. Who's Josh Beckett when you got a Sam Beckett rolling around? That's that's an inside baseball for a little more inside baseball.
1: That's right. Now, yeah, Luke, that's a good idea. Let's timestamp this episode because it is Uh a recording on Friday, early evening afternoon before the Tigers play the Cardinals in St. Louis. In fact, part of why this will be a shorter episode uh, is because I have to get to Bush stadium uh, to see the Tigers and the Cardinals. And Luke has to go see rock of ages this (laughs) evening. So basically, basically having the same kind of evening, <laughs> um yes that, that anyone could ever dream of uh yeah. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go from the inside environment to the outside to watch the baseball luke's gonna go uh-huh. from the outside to the inside the to inside. watch theater mm-hmm. and uh it's gonna be a great friday evening but yes tigers on a three-game win streak just swept the mets much yes. to the chagrin of one frank the tank
0: yeah frank the tank Fleming. we need to do a wellness check on frank If I don't know if you saw, I know I posted it in the group chat, but Frank
1: is not well. and has not been well for a very long time.
0: (laughs) He has not been well for a very long time, but the Tigers certainly did not help. What's the, what's the saying? Uh, One man's one man's trash is another man's treasure. Uh, (laughs) Frank's trash baseball team made our trash baseball team look like we were the richest team in the land. uh, After what we saw this past week with the Tigers and the Mets series, the video of him, reacting to Javi's uh second home run uh when he just got up and just he just screamed like he there I know bar stools obviously it's not like your your normal nine to five job obviously corporate job we all know that but
1: imagine he's, he's you're just walking like, out of a he's walking out of a room in their office that is specifically set up to just, watch games just to watch, so. yeah 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 the,
0: the, the cave the, whatever the gambling cave they call it I don't know what the exact name is but uh imagine you're just like you're not like because you know there's a lot of people at Barstool that aren't on-camera personalities. Like they're just like people who are just you know editing videos or like working on sound or interns just, or whatever it is. You're just a
1: bookkeeper at Barstool Sports. You're a bookkeeper Sports.
0: at Barstool Sports, and you're just doing your, your your clerical work, and then Frank the Tank just literally comes out on like at one fifteen on a Thursday <laughs> and just screams bias just went up oh i told you i told you and you're just like what is my life how did i get here that video was hilarious i couldn't stop laughing and then i just saw like imagine you're just like a like you know someone who's not on camera and you're that's what they're that's what they're used to though but uh now that i've detailed that bit probably for two minutes longer than i should have uh yeah the the tigers did sweep the the mets much to the chagrin as you said of frank the tank fleming um Look, I mean, we said it last episode. I'll say it again. This episode, we're recording these episodes at, in terms of positivity, the perfect time. Because every time mm-hmm. we're recording these, the Tigers seem to be on a high. And then by the time this episode drops on Monday, they'll go on a four-game losing streak, which will be the most annoying thing ever. And then that would be the time you'd want to see the video, because then you're going to get our most utter our most uh, guttural, excuse me, and, like, frustrating reactions. Um, so they're on a three game win streak, they beat a very good Mets team. Here's the thing. The Mets aren't playing that great right now. Admittedly, Mm -hmm. Frank, the tank is correct on that. They're really not playing that well, but I don't care how well, how poor you're playing. If you can beat Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander on back-to-back days, I will tip my cap to you, tip my cap to you. And then some, uh, because that's just a feat in and of itself. And to see, the bats respond the way they did this series against the Mets was truly exciting to watch. Eric Haas came alive. Javi Baez came alive. Riley Green had the big home run on the third game. So definitely good stuff there.
1: Now, now we're a little bit, uh, we're, we're a little bit into May. By the time this episode drops, we'll be, you know, eight, eight days into May. Uh, But, you know, we talked about, we talked a lot in the preseason about how hard this April schedule was and I think and mm-hmm. I think part of that included going into that Mets series um looking at the at the standings. Also I think including this Cardinals series we preseason would have anticipated this Cardinals right. team to be in a better spot than they are mm-hmm. uh, going into this weekend. But uh as we sit, 13 and 17, four games out of first place. All said and done, this is probably about as, as good as we could have hoped april would go um there's still there's still and we can we'll get into this a little bit later in the show there's still some like if you look at the numbers of the team there's still some troubling things Mm -hmm. within those numbers but to a certain extent they are they are getting it done on the field much better than i think even a a week and a half into the season we thought they were going to be able to do
0: yeah i think i saw a tweet that the tigers finished the month of april 10 and 17 and that was the best april finish in the aj hinch era so not great not good even uh but better than seasons past i guess i guess i just wish i don't know i when i look the month of april was hard this was a hard month of april Mm -hmm. so like as angry as i was you know i have to i guess in a way give them a little Grace because they did put themselves in a position where they're in the month of May. And they don't feel like their math. They don't feel like the A's right now or the St. Louis mm-hmm. Cardinals or the Chicago White Sox, where it just feels like it's such an uphill battle to even get to 500, let alone try to get back into the race. The Tigers are very much in the thick of it. Now they're very lucky. They're very lucky that they played in the AL central and not the AL East, because I think that's the thing that's honestly any, qualms we've had with the tigers this season have all come at the hands of the al east teams they just they don't know how to beat teams in the al east whether it's because they're just on a different caliber in terms of talent Mm -hmm. whether it's more of an old wives tale maybe it's just a string of bad luck and also kind of being in their own heads who knows but they can't beat teams in the al east but then they play well against everybody else i think honestly it's like a tale of two records i want to say i think they're like two and 11 against teams in the al east then they were like um 11 and three or something against teams that are non alias I'm sure I'm off by, you know, a couple of games there, but it's like completely night and day. So there is something to be said for that. But I, I do think that given where we were going into April, they, they did what they needed to do. They treaded water. Mm-hmm. They found a way to survive. And now in theory on paper, their month of may is way easier than their month of April. They're going to get the Cardinals. They're going to get the white Sox. They're going to get the Royals. They're going to get the nationals. uh, They're going to get Cleveland and even Cleveland's not playing that good baseball right now.
1: Three against Cleveland in April. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the, like the way the schedule is stacked right now, you look Mm -hmm. at the next six games, three against St. Louis, three against Cleveland. um, There's, it's not out of the realm of imagination that the Tigers get back to 500 in the next six games. There's a good chance. They're facing teams that they're facing the Cardinals who are, who are just on on a six game losing streak, I think at this moment. Mm -hmm. So they're getting the Cardinals when they're down. Um, And outside of the six game losing streak, the Cardinals aren't having a spectacular season. The, the guardians, they've already took two of three against this season. So they know that uh-huh. they can beat the guardians. So it's, it's conceivable that they go four and two, uh, five and one in the next, in the next six games conceivable. Now, Yeah. with that being said, we have also seen this team rattle off some losing streaks of their own already this season. Uh-huh. So, you know, who, who knows what's what the situation is going to be when you listen to this on Monday, but it was conceivable as of Friday.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's you're definitely you're not wrong at all. There's there's a very real chance that by the time the Guardians uh, series wraps up, that this team is at 500 or a by 500 with the way they're hitting right now, the way they're pitching, the way they're playing defense, the bullpen. I mean, right now they look. I say it all the time. I know I sound like a broken record, but they look like a competent Major League Baseball team. They mm-hmm. really do. You have to give credit where credit is due. Um, I would. I'm okay if the Guardian series wraps up and they're not 500. Obviously, you want to win the games that you think you should win. But I think if this team is really trying to make steps towards being a competitor, if this team isn't just a fluke who's just kind of having some good series against some good teams and then playing like crap against you know the rest of the teams, this is a team, and this might be a little bit bold, but by the end of May, they should be 500. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's by the end of May, I will give them. Because they're going to play some tougher teams. I think they play Texas at one point in time. I
1: they think they play the Seattle. They play yes, Seattle, Seattle yep. I want to
0: say, in May. So they're going to play some tough teams this this month. There's no doubt about that. But they're going to play a lot crappier teams than they are. The Nationals, are the
1: Royals, teams. the White yeah, Sox. But, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's, it's – it, I don't want to say it's time because, you know b- – This is where you can at least, though, if you're the Tigers, if you're going to try to be a somewhat competent team and a competitive team and actually make a run at winning a wild card or, hey, hell, how about you win the division? That way you don't even got to worry about the wild cards. You know, it makes your your workload a little easier. It's May,
1: Luke, and we can still talk about the division being within reach.
0: I know. It's a a bizarre feeling. Um, But you got to win now. Have shown that they can at least win some games against some 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 pretty impressive teams the Mets they took some games against Milwaukee they've taken some games against Cleveland who's always had their number in the past you know it's doable as long as you're not playing teams in the AL East they seem to have a fighter's chance so my hope and goal and I guess we'll know about this later in the month is I want to see by the end of May the Tigers at 500 or above 500 and I think given their record or given their schedule where the teams are going to be playing it's doable We'll
1: see. That's your rant intro music, Luke. I didn't actually check with you before the show if you have a rant, uh, have prepared a rant. about this team. But again, we, was... always, we, we keep catching you
0: I on know. a three-game
1: winning streak. <laughs>
0: You're, you're catching me. It's like when I'm in, when I'm in the middle of traffic driving to work. You're catching me at the worst time to try to sell me some Cutco knives. You really are. Um, no, you know what I would say. There was one thing that I think needs to be brought up, and it is that I. It's not really a rant. I guess it's kind of no. It is a rant in a little bit of a way. When you're shitty, you shouldn't be cocky. Mm. You just shouldn't be. And. We saw it with Javi Baez a couple weeks ago in the Toronto series. He was cocky as all hell, hadn't done anything the entire season, laced the ball, thought he had, you know, hit it into the moon and then barely legs it out to get a double. Then the whole base running blunder happens. AJ Hinch pulls him aside respectfully, benches him that game and ever since that benching, Javi Baez has just been on fire. He really has. He's been playing some of the best baseball uh, ever wearing a Tigers uniform. He didn't get benched for this the other day and I was kind of of surprised but jonathan scope who has by all accounts done absolutely nothing this season did the exact same thing javi Baez did the other day uh, against i, believe, I think it was, it was in that mets game game one of the double header hits a ball he thought he had hit it into ford field bounces off the top of the wall had he busted his ass down the box probably could have gotten a triple out of it i know jonathan's not you know the flash by any means but he stood there looked at it and i saw some people saying he thought it was going foul some people thought it was going fair i think he was posing. Regardless, you got to run out of the box, even if it's close. You're taught that in Little League. And then he gets to second base with a double. And I get it. A double's a double. A guy like Scope, I'm sure that was a huge milestone for him. But I guess I'm just tired of the nonchalantness with some of these guys. I know I'm going to sound like a 70 year old right now who's like, Back in my day, we always ran the ball out, <laughs> whether it was fair or foul. Like, I understand the game has gotten flashier over time, and I'm cool with that. But, like, look at Luis Robert with the White Sox, like, that lollygag. And he was done, like, You guys are getting paid millions of dollars. Now, I guess you can make the argument of, hey, Luke, when you're in your job every single day, do you always give it 110% every single call, every single customer you have? I like to think I do. Sometimes I fall short. Sometimes that happens. But I guess also at the end of the day, I'm not a major league athlete. I guess that, yeah. that would be my rebuttal to that. Like, yeah, this is your expectation to, like, if you hit a ground ball to bust your ass from home plate. To first base. If I get a call, you're not at my job. A, you're and You're not making a, right.
1: a daily check of over one hundred thousand dollars. Correct.
0: If I get a call at my job and I tell a customer to go F off, to, if I pull a succession, tell them to F off, uh, you know, I'm probably going to get some sort of repercussions for that. Whereas here as a major leaguer, if you lollygag it, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe we'll bench you. Maybe we won't. So, I just, I guess I'm just annoyed with that. It's always been there. This isn't something new. This isn't something that we've just noticed this season. It happens every single year. But I just, it's just annoying to me. And like, I know the game has changed, it's got flashier. I'm not trying to sound like some old curmudgeon man, but it is annoying, especially when you look at how much money some of these guys are making. And in a guy like Jonathan Scope, who has done jack shit, not only this season, but last season scope. We love you. We were happy when you got the extension in 2021, but let's call it how it is. 2022. You didn't do anything. 2023. There's a very real chance by the time this episode drops on Monday, he may not even be on the team. I think he is so on the bubble. It's like, dude, you're not doing yourself any favors. The least you can yeah. do is hustle. Uh, you're not Babe Ruth, you know? So just keep it moving, my man, get those legs turning, and stretch it out a little bit more before the game and get running because you just look stupid
1: yeah i i agree with you completely luke now i like and i i'm somebody that i love the i love the flashiness of new baseball i love bat flips i love me too i love all of it i love guys guys playing with with kind of a little bit of an attitude having a good Mm -hmm. time out there um agreed if javi baez delivered i'd love the way in which he plays the game a lot of the time Mm -hmm. i yep on the Cubs, he was very exciting to watch because ninety five percent of the time he was backing it up. Mm-hmm. he hasn't been backing it up. Jonathan scope hasn't been backing it up. You're not on it. you're on a team that is below five hundred. Now is not the time to be showboating. Mm-hmm. any guy on the Rays roster they can sort of do whatever they want right now <laughs> yeah. yeah, They they all get a free pass to be cocky and mm-hmm and you know seem like they've they've achieved something because they have and the tigers have just not done that yet uh so they got to be more you got to be much more of a blue collar worker kind of baseball Mm -hmm. team
0: yeah that's that's what i would like to see um the tigers do and you know one thing i and this is a fine line to walk because if the tigers continue on this rate of play and if they do become competitive where they're sticking around and they're in the conversation for the al central or the wild card i don't want them to lose that mentality of that blue collar team of just like going in every day, busting your ass, being grateful. You're there. You haven't been good in years, just going there and just taking every opportunity and making the most of it. I don't want them to take it for granted. Um And we won't know if that happens because we don't know how this team is going to continue throughout the year. You know, right now we're on a high, but next time we record, they could lose 10 in a row. We've seen this team do that multiple times before. So I just don't want them to lose their identity. Also, the t- Detroit itself has that kind of stigma of being that blue collar Midwest team, like you know that that, that you you put in your dudes, so to speak. Yeah. This isn't a flashy Yankees team or an Angels or a Dodgers or a Red Sox, you know. So I just I don't want to ever lose that mentality, and I also don't want players on the team to lose that because I said it on our last show, but look what AJ did. He Benched Javi, didn't make it, didn't make an ass of, out of Javi or anything like that. Just pulled him aside, said, Yo, that's not going to fly. And ever since he did that, Javi has played really, really well. So he still is Javi. Sometimes he strikes out on that, on that tailing slider, and you're like, How the hell are you still swinging at that Javier? But that's that just is going to happen sometimes. But he's been making it up in the field a hell of a lot better defensively mm-hmm. this season. I feel like his strikeouts he has cut down on. I'd have to look at some stats on that, but I could have sworn at a point in time. He either led the team in least strikeouts, um, something along those lines, and he was, and also he's taking more pitches a little bit. So, just Jonathan Scope, don't be so cocky. Also, you might not have a job in a couple of weeks, so
1: I don't really know what to tell you. Also, save your money. Luke, uh, we sort of talked about the the Mets series a little bit um, in the in the top part of the show, but I want to talk about it just a little bit more because obviously, two two guys came back to Detroit for the first for not the first time. Max has been back, um, but Justin made his Mets debut. Justin Verlander uh-huh. at Comerica Park gave up two home runs in the in the top of the or the bottom of the first, um, and then. Recovered from there through actually pitched a great game after the first inning. But what were your I'm just curious your thoughts on seeing those guys come back and in the case of Max getting roughed up.
0: Well, it's always weird to always weird to see two guys that are so fondly remembered in Detroit back, but not wearing the Tigers uniform. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I guess I didn't realize that this was this really Verlander's first time back.
1: Yeah, this well this Not was in the his, Tigers uniform? No, he I mean he'd been I'm pretty sure he'd been back as an Astro, but did he was, pitch in was, Did he
0: pitch in Detroit as an Astro? I
1: I actually I, he had, I don't check he I assume he, he must have, but I I I he mean it was have. it was his Mets debut. Like he had right, pitching for the Mets.
0: I get that. I was trying to yeah, I was trying to think if this was JV's first time back at Camaro, and it can't be. He was with the Mets for like five seasons, six seasons, no way. But um yeah, it, it's nice to see the guys back. Um it was kind of cool to see them talk about their time in detroit Mm -hmm. um mainly verlander gave some very interesting comments i think it was during one of his interviews in the locker room how a reporter asked him are you are you surprised to see how much this team this organization has struggled since you left and he flat out was like no not really he's like if you were here and kind of saw the pieces that were being moved you had a sense this was coming um so it's just like it's just it's just mind boggling to me too and like the funny thing too is like we watched Justin Verlander pitch as a met and then really the only semblance of the one of the trade pieces that we got back from was Jake Rogers he's the only guy that's still around and it's like Jake Rogers is still very young into his tigers career too so yeah. it just goes to show you how hosed the tigers got on that trade thanks a lot al um but yeah, it, it was cool to see them back. Did you see the thing about Verlander when they asked, are you going to go into the Halls, a Tiger or an Astro? And he no, was just I, like, I Ooh, wait a- like, wait, he's like, way to put me on the spot. Next question. He didn't say, he didn't say. So that made everyone in Tiger's Twitter kind of up into an uproar, no pun intended, because uh, they're like, you got to go in as a Tiger. You got to go in as a Tiger. And I'll ask you that question. I mean, he was with the Tigers from 2006, I believe, to 2017. Astros from 2017 to 2022. Um thoughts does he go into the tight the hall of fame a tiger or an astro
1: at this moment an astro you think yeah i, I think, think he goes
0: in as a tiger i think he i hope he goes on as a tiger i should say
1: cemented himself as a first ballot hall of famer with the astros yeah i think i think when he when he was when he left and went to Houston, or when he was traded, I guess he didn't. He didn't mm-hmm. just like leave. Um, he was certainly like you were still you were going to describe Justin Verlander mm-hmm. as a likely first ballot Hall of Famer, uh-huh. but I think you could still find people that would argue against you, um, because you know he was lacking a World Series championship, and to to go to Houston. Get a ring and uh to uh be a, a Cy Young winner at forty or year, forty years old. Mm-hmm. Um I I think that the ultimately achievements were greater in Houston than they were in Detroit.
0: Now let me pitch this to you though. So he got traded to the Astros in 2017. So he was only with that team for maybe a month and a half to two months. And that was the year they won the world series. They won the world series 2018. I'm assuming he had a full season 2019. I'm assuming he had a full season. You'll have to forgive me. I didn't follow his career as closely in Houston as I did in Detroit. 2020 was COVID. He was out a good chunk of 2021. That was the year he got hurt if I'm not mistaken. And yep. then 2022, he comes back and wins a world series again with the Astros. So my question to you is this. If you look at that on paper, you have 2017, which is kind of I know they won, but it's also a wash because of the cheating scandal. So then you only really have 18, 19. He didn't pitch in he didn't pitch much in 2021. I have to look exactly. Did he pitch in all in 21 or if he was hurt some of it? It wasn't a full he year was, of JV if he was I'm out out the whole year. Yeah, it was cuz he had to, he had the Tommy John, right? So yeah. yeah, he he didn't pitch a full season for sure at least. So you're looking at what maybe three seasons three and a half seasons four if you combine everything to be fair two out of those fours he won a world series but one of them is the cheating scandal and one so of those years he won a Cy Young he did win a Cy Young I'll give you that and he did what he did win a clean world series in 2022 but you look at what he did in the longevity of what he did with the Tigers he won a couple of Cy Youngs he had, a, he had no hitters he had the MVP award that he won obviously he didn't win a world series with Detroit but I don't know. I think right now, I would hope he would go into the Hall of Fame at Tiger, just because out of years and career. um, But I guess we'd we'd have to
1: see. I'm still holding out hope that he comes back to Detroit and actually pitches and closes his career in Detroit. That'd be pretty cool. Be pretty cool.
0: I think had the Tigers left
1: on that calendar.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to say I honestly had the Tigers been in a better position going into this season. You know, had they had been competitive last year, I think you could have seen it happen. But then that goes back to Mr. Chris Illich, Does he want to spend money? So yeah, uh, yeah. No, it was, it was it was great seeing the guys back. Even greater to see them get roughed up and the Tigers win. Uh, but it was it was it's always cool. Justin Verlander is one of my probably top three favorite players of all time. Probably right behind uh, Miggy and Pudge Rodriguez. Yeah. So you know Verlander is awesome. Scherzer Scherzer's uh, awesome, and um, just great guys, great guys. But it was great to see the Tigers. Now this is a headline I saw. I do not want to bury the lead. Everybody came for the Justin Verlander reunion, but everyone stayed for the Eduardo Rodriguez spectacle. Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching the best baseball, not maybe only of his career, but without question as a Detroit tiger, he is his last five starts. I think he's given up a run. I mean, Mm -hmm. he looks absolutely lights out. He looks so good. It's great to see. And now the question is being posed. If Eduardo Rodriguez continues playing to this caliber, what do the Tigers do with him? Do they try to ship him at the deadline? Do they try to extend him mid-season? He has an opt-out. Do they, does he try to walk and get more money elsewhere? He has said in the past he wants to stay with the Tigers. What do you think? How does this all unfold?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really great point. And I think I think it, it's going to entirely depend on how the month of May unfolds for the Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. right? Like, if the Tigers come out of May, as, as you talked about, we – Can sort of reasonably expect them to add or around five hundred. Suddenly, you're you're still in the mix for the division. You're you're definitely in the mix for the wild card. Um, you're a playoff bound team, and I, I think you got to find ways to add pieces that aren't move Erod. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know who you move necessarily, um, because and we'll you know, we can get into this in a moment, but like no one else really having like a spectacular, spectacular season,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: that it really is like functioning as a team. And so maybe you uh-huh. just stand pat and kind of ride it out. Um, maybe move some of the prospect guys around to see what can happen there, but you don't want to necessarily, the team's also not in the shape that you want to like leverage your future, um, for, for a win now. Cause I don't, I don't quite know that it's a team that holds up when you got to go to the playoffs and you got to play the AL East and try and get through a round, but it is certainly a team that like 500 at the end of May could find themselves in the playoffs. Um, And you, you certainly want Erod as part of that.
0: Yeah. That's a great point that you brought up. there isn't, there isn't an Aaron judge or a Shohei Mm -hmm. Otane on this team. Like, Eric Hoss has come alive as of late. Javi Baez has come alive as of late. Matt Vierling is pretty consistent through the year. Um, Zach McKinstry, who mm-hmm. I'll raise my hand, I made fun of being like, why the hell is this guy here? Has actually turned out to be kind of a somewhat reliable second baseman for the Tigers. Um, the pitching. Still needs work, I think, out of the rotation. Lorenzen is hit or miss. Turnbull has not really been good at all thus far. Matthew Boyd has been Matthew Boyd. Erod has been very, very good. Erod, I guess, would kind of be that one guy right now who is kind of carrying the team on his back, so to speak. The bullpen has been pretty solid when you look at Jason Foley Mm -hmm. and Alex Lang, especially Alex Lang. He has really settled in nicely to that closer's role in the pen. Um, So it's a fair question, though, that since they don't really have that one guy offensively you know, what do they do? Um, I'm hoping personally to talk, to talk triple A here for a second. I'm really hoping the Tigers call up Justin Henry Malloy soon from Toledo. He is absolutely demolishing in the minor leagues right now. I would love to see him with the major league club ASAP. So just got to wait and see, but I guess to answer my own question, I don't really know what the Tigers do. Cause yeah. I, a lot depends on how these next few months go. I mean, if they're out of it, you know, by the all-star break, but Erod is still pitching like Erod Then I think you do trade him Cause then you got yeah, to, you, you got to
1: move him and you got you you to get, get you, you get a
0: nice, you get a nice haul for him, but you know, what's going to be interesting and the Tigers are going to have to kind of be careful of if this is a team that is at 500 or around 500, I'm sorry. I understand that the logic for wanting to maybe trade Erod to bulk up for seasons to come, but after being so abysmal for season seasons after season, like you don't, you don't want, to then just when you're kind of getting a taste of what it's like to be 500 again, you don't want to then all of a sudden start selling all your parts. And I don't mm-hmm. know how fans would necessarily respond to that either. Um, if the Tigers are, you know, kind of in that second place, first place, you know, whatever, at least competing for a playoff spot. And they start trading guys like Erod. I don't know how the fan base would respond again. If they're out of it, it's a, it's a fire. sale. everybody's gone, but if they're competing, yeah, if they're can. on, if they're on the bubble, I think you got to try to write it out at least as of now, Let's see how things go, you know, in in a couple months. But right now, I think you got to try to stick with your hot hands, so to speak. And Erod, I think by all accounts, is the one guy on this team who is kind of, I guess, the captain in a weird way, at least, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of performance. He's the most consistent. So he's kind of your guy, which is crazy to say, because I've always said Erod is not an ace. He's a three or a four in most rotations. But right now for the Tigers, He's, you know, I'm changing my tune. Like but a, he's throwing like an he, ace right now. He's he's the ace. He is. It, it is what it is. He's the ace.
1: I have I have flipped back and forth um, multiple times about what stat I was going to quiz you on. Um, okay. In this episode, but it. sort of in that last conversation just now, one of the stats you look at on if we should move a guy, what kind of value we're going to get from him is this is the wins above replacement statistic. Mm-hmm. So, Luke, uh, I'm going to ask you who the top three Tigers in offensive wins above replacement are.
0: Let me ask you this question first
1: mm-hmm. do
0: these top three tigers have a positive war yes okay good they do good. They just do. making sure
1: i will say um uh there are about, about one two, one two three four five six seven eight there are eight guys with negative wars on the ro- <laughs> on the on the roster sounds um, about right and there, the the rest of the guys are positive wars nobody has a war above 1.0
0: Okay. So we're still we're still chasing that elusive one. Okay. Yes. But uh all right. So let me see here. I my my initial reaction straight out of a canon, I'm gonna give you Javi Baez, Matt Vierling, and Zach McKinstry.
1: You got two out of the three. Matt Vierling, Javi Baez lead, lead. Uh was Matt the, Vierling was is the a point third, eight. Javi Baez is point seven. Uh third Jake, Eric. Hoss. Jake Rogers.
0: Oh, good for Jake. Good yeah. for Jake.
1: Now, obviously, Jake has played has played a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Uh um, so his, his sample size is a little bit smaller, but uh, when he yeah. has played, he's he's got a point six war. Now, uh Luke, who has the lowest war on the Detroit Tigers?
0: This pains me to say. I'm uh scope feels like the easy answer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Miguel Cabrera.
1: It is Miguel Cabrera with a negative point yeah. four. Yeah. Uh big fella it's, has not been he's not been hitting great this year, but he's not he's not he doesn't feel he doesn't feel liability yet in the lineup.
0: He doesn't feel liability, but it definitely feels like it's at the point where you gotta take your grandpa's keys away from him and he can't yeah. drive anymore. Like we do feel we're there yet, but um look he didn't play at all in the Mets series. So I mean I yeah. think it's just we're, we're getting to that point now. Hope he'll, he'll definitely get a game. I wonder, is, have they released lineups for tonight? Or yeah, He's to in the he is
1: in the lineup tonight.
0: Okay, cool. That's awesome. You will get to see him play. Um, yeah, I think that it's just getting kind of to the point where it's like, I think he was playing one out of every three games. Mm-hmm. I think that might now turn into like one out of every six. One up. One out of every. I don't know. I, I feel like it, I feel like it's just gonna. It, it could it could get longer. I don't know. Maybe maybe he starts heating it up. You know what? I really want to see just once more. And it sounds like I'm like almost like spitting for a fable here. I want to see Miguel Cabrera hit one more home run.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do. i you know, there's certainly like obviously, I'm I'm hopeful it'll come tonight or um mm-hmm. when he when he and everybody plays at Yankee Stadium. Uh, one of the things that I think, or you know, in his final game at America, when we're there, that would That'd I think I sick. would burst. I think I would burst into tears if that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, one of the things about Miguel Cabrera, and I think that that has been great, and like A j has talked about this a little bit um, is that obviously he and Miguel are in pretty constant communication. Miguel wants mm-hmm. to win, he wants the team to win, he wants to do the things that are required for the team to win, which means mm-hmm. that he's not in the lineup every day, which is good. We talked about that mm-hmm. um preseason that we 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 hope the team is in a spot that Miguel does not need to be in the lineup every day. Mm-hmm. Um because he's not he's not that hitter anymore, correct. um he's hitting seventh tonight uh, against mm-hmm. the Cardinals, and I think that's the correct spot for Miguel Cabrera to be hitting in this lineup. But what I do think that AJ has is doing a nice job of um is he's aware that people want to pay their respects to Miguel Cabrera that people mm-hmm. want to come out and see him play one more time. Um and so I do think what we're going to end up seeing is we'll see him once a series on the road and there'll be a little bit longer stretches at home where where he sits down. So yeah. I think that like we'll see him tonight. I don't think we'll see him the rest of the Cardinals series. Um yeah. we'll they'll they'll get to see him once in Cleveland. Um and then uh you know it'll kind of when they come home, maybe he'll be in, maybe he won't be depending on the mm. the matchups. He's certainly if there's a lefty on the mound, we'll probably see Miguel. But you know, if they if they throw out three righties against the Tigers, maybe we don't see him.
0: Yeah, I, I it's it, it feels appropriate right yeah. now, and in a weird way, um, the games he hasn't been in the lineup, I haven't felt that abandonment. of like, where's Miggy? What? Why is Miggy's name not on the lineup card? Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost becoming a little bit normal. It's becoming a little normalized, I guess. Not seeing his name in the lineup every day. Um, which has been weird i thought it would be more i'd be more resistant towards it but when i watch him take his at-bats i just go yeah he just he just doesn't have it anymore and that's okay we love miggy um i don't yeah. fault him at all i'm not one of those people who jumps on the bash miggy's contract train i get it it's not a great contract but there's a lot of other issues with this team outside of that contract um he's a first yeah, ballot hall let's, of famer let's say
1: it again miguel cabrera's contract is not the reason that this team does not have top tier yeah. talent on it of course
0: yeah agreed agreed so <laughs> i just think it's uh it is what it is. I think AJ thus far, he loves to change his lineups almost, I think sometimes to a fault, but uh, I think the way he's handled Miggy and giving Miggy that respect, but also letting him get in some at-bats has been pretty solid. And also Mickey's still chasing some, some guys for the all-time hit list. So I think he's right around 3,100 hits all time. I want to say, so yeah. um, he's, he's definitely still uh, definitely still got some goals. I'm sure uh, personal that he wants to accomplish.
1: And uh, just as like, just kind of for reference for everybody, if you, if you go to the the stats page on ESPN and you sort the Tigers line, roster by uh, batting average, Miguel Cabrera is 13th right now, Mm. uh, sitting at 13th in, in batting average. Okay. Who's he ahead of? Uh, Who is down there? Uh, Nick Maton.
0: Oh yeah. Nick, Nick Maton is such an anomaly. Makes some great plays on defense has arguably had some of the biggest hits of the season but then just looks 9 times out of 10 like he doesn't know how to hit a baseball.
1: That that about matches the average. He's hitting 156 so. <laughs> yeah, not great.
0: Not but, great. He currently if,
1: leads the team in home runs. Yeah. And leads the team in RBIs.
0: Is he the Tigers version of Chris Davis? Maybe.
1: Quite possibly. I mean if that yeah. if that doesn't if that stat line doesn't sum up the Detroit Tigers roster at present, um I don't know what does. Yeah. Because again it, it like comes back to that that issue, right, of like mm-hmm. okay, if we want to hang on to Erod, yep. Who do we move at the deadline? Right. Nobody's good right. enough to get a haul that it makes sense to break up whatever good is happening in the team if the team's sitting Correct. around 500. As we get yeah. there like may, maybe Javi Baez, maybe you can get some so you can get mm-hmm. a little overvalue for Javi Baez um because he he does sell a lot of jerseys um so like that that's maybe the maybe the guy who can be having the season that he's having and still get Mm -hmm. some some amount of return that makes it worth it um but ryan Kreidler, um tyler nevin um
0: they're not even on the roster anymore or they're in triple a so yeah it's fair yeah,
1: it's fair zach short, zach short currently has the best average um
0: <laughs> hey he had a hell of a he had such a good game they kept him up they, on his he was his he nine was nine at bats he was he was all but certain going back to toledo then he had the game of his career and they're like yeah you're not going anywhere you're staying and
1: he, He's rightfully so right here buddy
0: but so, uh
1: yeah, yeah. May's gonna be scott
0: harris if you're listening though uh scott aj let's call up justin henry malloy i think it'd be pretty sick to see him at third so uh let's let's make it happen
1: all right, Luke. Any any additional closing thoughts?
0: I want to see the Tigers continue to play clean, concisive, competent baseball. Consistent. A lot of C's. I just threw at you right there, Cabrera. I want to see him at a home run tonight for you, Alex. It'd be beautiful. Um, and right I down just oh, the
1: third baseline. Do it into do the it. upper deck. If right I remember into my correctly. Arms. Like,
0: in 2021, right after he hit 500 in Toronto, their next series they went to St. Louis, and he hit a ball that I want to say bounced off the Big Mac Land sign for like 501 or 502, if I'm not mistaken. I'm I think right that happened above in that sign
1: tonight. Do it, so I just do need it. Wait, bit no, more loft, Miggy.
0: You need a little loft. I want to see the Tigers continue to play the same way they played against the Mets. Play more like you did against the Mets, and less like you did against the O's and the Rays. And if they continue to do that, which theoretically they should, because a lot of the teams they're about to play these next few weeks suck maybe just maybe we go into may above 500 at 500 maybe in first place who knows the AL central sucks too so that's true misery loves company and we are in the central division which is just full of it so misery 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 go tigers